Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a growing network of people who believe the center of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, and that learning to take love seriously is vital for how we practice discipleship, mission, and leadership. The Gravity Leadership Podcast explores, in practical ways, how to root our lives and our leadership in this love that holds all of us and everything together. Red button here. Yep. I hit the red button. Yep. Does that and mean we're, we're on? That was. That means we're recording. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, you're like an you're like an old man uh, trying to figure out how to run the tape machine. Here we go. How do I record? How do I record Jeopardy on the here VCR? We go. I think I talk into this tube. Yep. This is Matt. That's Ben. Hey. We're talking today about. Welcome uh, to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. I feel like that's implied. It is implied at this point, because you heard that music already. At this point, you know what you're getting into. You know what you're getting into. You, you clicked on this, yeah, and, and the you, title is, you know, has to do with Lent and fasting. You so you're go, interested. We know you are. Maybe. If you weren't looking for Joe Rogan and actually accidentally Whoops. ended up here. Whoops. <laughs> We're going to talk about Lent today. We're approaching the season of Lent. Mm-hmm. Spring is close. It is. We're in that, uh, for most people in the Midwest... Basically, anybody uh, north of the Mason-Dixon line and sort of uh, west of the Rockies, east of the Rockies, mm-hmm. this long, slow slog through yeah. clouds and cold and yeah. wind you know, uh, and very little light. It reminds me, uh, Kurt Vonnegut, uh, Indiana native, Kurt Vonnegut, author, uh, he suggested that in the Midwest, there are not four seasons. He suggested that in the Midwest, there are six seasons. Oh, let's hear it. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember which months exactly, but I think he said July and August are summer. Okay. Okay. So July and August are summer. And then, uh, sep- what, are the, what are the next months? September and October <laughs> are fall. Okay. And then November and December 
are locking. Nature locks, starts locking itself up. Oh. Isn't that intriguing? So uh, November and December are locking, and then January and February are winter. And then now we're getting close to what he calls March and April, which are unlocking. Oh. And then May and June are spring. Interesting. It's got so, legs, I so think. So he adds locking and unlocking. Locking and unlocking to create six seasons interesting. for the Midwest. So That's anyway. interesting, man. So we're approaching, uh, officially, I guess, according to Vonnegut's scheme, we're still in winter. But it's like, I don't know, it doesn't feel that cold today, you know. It feels like we're starting to unlock a little bit. Doesn't doesn't uh, listening to Kurt Vonnegut talk about seasons a little bit like listening to Miley Cyrus talk about parenting? You know, like <laughs> what do you, what do you really know about this? Right. Well, as he's all he knows is that he's from Indiana, so I think okay. he lived in the well, Midwest. And he's so. he's the Miley Cyrus of uh, seasonology. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Well, we'll give him a voice. But I mean, he experiences seasons just like the rest of us. Mm, can you verify that? <laughs> No, I believe you. Okay. I believe you. Anyway, no, we're talking about Lent. Yeah, we're talking about Lent, which does fall this uh, year. It starts, um, Ash Wednesday is February... 26th. 26th. So you, you're hopefully listening to this before that date. But even if you aren't, uh, this hopefully can be helpful for t- to you. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a tradition of celebrating Lent, and it was a major drag. Mm-hmm. It was a bore. Yeah. So what, was, what, was dra- what was draggy and boring about <laughs> well, it? Well, I grew up Roman Catholic. And this isn't necessarily what was taught, but this is what I heard, and this is mm-hmm. how I experienced it. Basically, Lent was a time for you to feel bad mm. about how bad you are, okay, and go to church extra days, mm-hmm. which you know every eight-year-old's ecstatic about. Right, and uh-huh. on Fridays, I had to like eat a really dry. Filet of fish from McDonald's because we couldn't eat meat. <laughs> Which let's just pa- let's just go past how that's ridiculous because right. fish is meat. Right. We Fit. couldn't eat anything besides fried reconstituted cod. <laughs> and yeah. I didn't that like was tart- a sign of your piety. I didn't like tartar sauce, so it was dry. It was like super yeah. dry. Uh-huh. And anyway, yeah, my mouth is beginning so it does. To get it does upset. sound. Uh, it does sound. Lame. It was lame. Yeah, yeah. So why why are we doing it now? Well, well it was lame. Well, let on? me just say this. What's it was lame on? because I don't need another mm-hmm. season to feel bad about how bad I am. Mm-hmm. Right. Some now some of, some of you listening, it it may be like uh, a novel thing for you to feel bad about yourself <laughs> right. in any way. Right. 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 Because you're you know you get out of bed and you just you don't even need deodorant because you smell so good already. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But for many of us, we don't need a season. That ramps up or uh, exacerbates our own feelings of self-loathing, right? And that's what it was for me. Yeah, but that's not what Lent is. I that's mean, that's not how what I it's meant to be. Yeah, that's yeah. not the. G- so I, we just want to suggest today that Lent is a gift. Yeah, and it's a pr- it's a preparatory gift that gets us into kind of like a bachelor party. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, a bachelor party with repentance. Yeah. With with repentance yeah. and <laughs> fasting, and uh, so anyway, yeah. a couple things we want to do today. One. There's a lot of, um, I think fasting is a powerful discipline, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of misconceptions about it, so yeah. we want to talk about fasting. Yeah. Uh, and then two, we want to talk about repentance and what that is as well. Yeah. So will you kick us off and sure, chat about fasting? Sure, I'll kick fasting? us off. Um, well, let, let's back up just a couple seconds. If you're unfamiliar with Lent oh. and actually what it is, just, just to recapitulate here, um, uh, Lent is 40 days of repentance and fasting, of preparation, um, 
what you might call penitence, in preparation for Easter. And the reason that Lent begins on a different day every year is because Easter is on a different Sunday every year. And so it's 40 days uh, uh, minus six. Basically, it's 46 days before Easter mm. on Ash Wednesday. But uh, the six Sundays before Easter, you don't fast uh, because you're celebrating the resurrection. At least that's how it goes. So it's 40 days of fasting, and then uh, on, on Sundays, you don't fast because it's inappropriate to fast when you're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Right. Yeah. So it's six days of fasting, one day of feasting. Six, uh, 40, yeah, oh yeah, per uh, week. A week. Right, yeah, per week, yes, yes. And we want to talk about fasting because the three traditional disciplines of Lent are given to us in Matthew 6, right. when Jesus talks to his disciples about prayer. Prayer, fasting, fasting and, and sauna. <laughs> right. A, yeah, no, no, not a sauna. You sweat, out, fa- you sweat out the evil. Right. It just detox. <laughs> it's a detox. No, it's not a detox. It's prayer, fasting, and uh, uh, traditionally what's called almsgiving, giving to the poor, practicing mm. generosity. Now, hopefully you're actually doing uh, some of these disciplines uh, regularly anyway, but it's a season where we actually focus on uh, some of those things in, an, in, a, in a more f- intentional way. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to talk about fasting because prayer and giving, like those are like, okay, I think we get those and everybody kind of understands those. Fasting is uh, really misunderstood mm-hmm. and I think tragically underpracticed. Except by myself included. Well, I think, I mean, this is more of a cultural mm-hmm. observation, but I think the, peop- the people who are used to fasting in our culture either have eating disorders mm-hmm. or they're prepping for surgery. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the, right. those are the right. Or uh or you're doing like a diet where you you're, or doing you're a like, wrestler. I remember when I right wrestled in middle school. Yeah. And the first time I had to lose weight to make yeah. weight right. and I was like forget this. <laughs> I'm done with wrestling. But I remember yeah. I remember in high school guys would run around in like trash bags uh-huh. for like 6 hours in a hot gym and not eat or drink all day. I mean it's really unhealthy. It's, yeah. But those are the images of fasting that most right. of us have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or it's it's like some sort of self-flagellation like I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to fast to make myself feel bad. If Lent is about feeling bad, I'm going to feel really bad. Yeah. By withholding food from myself. So on, on some unhelpful Same. things that we know about think about fasting is it's a way of demonstrating to God how serious we are. Right. About religion. Yeah. About our spiritual this God I'm taking this seriously now uh-huh. and, and I'm going to and because, you can tell because I'm performing yeah. this this uh this discipline with great vigor. Right. Almost like a hunger strike. I think sometimes oh. we fast as a hunger strike. Oh, yeah. Like, like I'm, God, I'm serious about this prayer. I want you to answer it. And I'm, I'm not going to eat anything until you do. Yeah. Until you show up. Yeah. Yeah. That's not fasting. Uh, another thing is because we deserve it. Like fasting is a uh, penance. Or like, yeah, like a like punishment. Like a we're punishment. self-punishing yeah. ourselves. Yeah. We're chastising ourselves for how bad we've been. Right. We're making ourselves suffer as a way of uh, atoning or... Making up for the wrong we've done. Right. That's not what fasting is. That's not what fasting is. That's what that's what Jesus did. So, oh. you know, you could say, repent and believe the gospel. But that's a different yeah. podcast. That <laughs> is. Okay. So, uh, so what fasting is and isn't. It's not any of those things that we just said. It's not a hunger strike, punishing our bodies. Uh, and it's not just dieting. It's not like, oh, Lent is coming up. I could stand to lose a few pounds. That's that's not. I'm fasting I mean, from Cheetos and <laughs> right. fried Twinkies. Right. Um, so uh, so Christian fasting is not uh, a way to suffer for God. It's not a spiritual practice that demonstrates your piety. Uh, it's not righteousness. It doesn't sort of equal something good that you uh, have done for God. 
Um, this is that's important. Yeah. I think that's important. It's not it, it's not the way you demonstrate mm-hmm. uh, your piety. Right. Yeah. It's not holiness or sanctification. No. If you are a regular faster, that does not mean that you are somehow closer to God or holier than other people. In fact, I like what Dallas Willard said about the spiritual disciplines. Um, he said that the people who the people who practice them the most are probably the people who need them the most. And so, you know, mm. he 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 always talked about like I'm burning grace uh, like a like a sinner, <laughs> you know, like I I need this, you know, mm-hmm. and I need it really really bad. Mm-hmm. So I'm not demonstrating my piety; I'm demonstrating my need, um, which is that was an intriguing thought to me that fasting could be. Something that I would do because I, oh man, I need to do this. Yeah, you know. Okay, so then if if that's all the things that fasting isn't, and you just started to mm-hmm. you started to dip your toe in mm-hmm. into what fasting is, how would you name fasting well, for us? One more thing I want to say about oh. what fasting isn't. Oh, because uh, right. I think sometimes we get confused about this. Fasting is not the same thing as repenting of sin. Sometimes people are like, I'm going to oh. fast from gossip this Lent. It's like well, no, <laughs> like yeah, that's the, that's sin, and that that ought to be. Repented of. Yeah, you don't need Lent to stop sinning. Right. Yeah, yeah. You don't need Lent. So <laughs> fasting is not, uh, fasting is, so it's not, it's not, uh, you know, that's not repenting of sin. Um, so what, what fasting is, is three things that, that we talk about. And there's an article that we wrote on our website about this as well that you can, we'll put in the show notes, uh, how to fast for Lent. So Christian fasting is wisdom, uh, which means that um, it's, it's love and knowledge meeting together in a practice that avails us to God's resources for meeting our needs. So grace is available to us. Uh, fasting, as all the spiritual disciplines are, is a way for us to apprehend and touch the grace that God has made available to us. How does it do that? Um, it does that by drawing our attention to the way—this is how it works in my life, I think— uh, it draws our attention to um, what we normally reach for when we have— a need. So the need is legitimate, right? I need food today. So normally what we reach for is we just reach for some food. We put it in our mouths and then we sort of feel better. You know what I mean? Like our bodies are like, oh, thank you. That's, that was great. So I think the, the way that it works in my life is that uh, every time I feel that hunger, feel that need, I'm used to responding to it in, some, in, in a way that I can control which is I'm going to go make myself a snack or I'm going to, you know, get some nuts or I'm going to make some lunch. I, I can control that and meet my own needs. What ends up happening when I'm fasting is that I become aware that I am needy, that I have needs, and I then use that moment to turn to the Lord. And Dallas Willard used to talk about this in a really intriguing way. He talked about a lot of things. I know. He and you said, remember a lot of things he talked about. He was deeply impactful for me. Yeah. I, I don't know how to explain. It was like everything that he said just like burned its way into my mind permanently. Mm. I just remember it. Hmm. It's weird. Um, it's kind of like me and uh, uh, Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff lyrics <laughs> from my quote, childhood. Could quote I, the whole thing, yeah. I mean, I think I can beat Mike Tyson. I could do that <laughs> rap right now. Anyway. Could probably could. Perhaps, though, uh, the, the Willard you've absorbed is more beneficial to you. Be. Than the DJ than Jazzy the Jeff and the Fresh, Fresh Princes Prince. to me. Maybe. Um, but uh, what he said about fasting was super intriguing to me, because he said, what you're learning to do is uh, learn to be sustained by the kingdom of God directly. And that was his contention about what was happening to Jesus in the wilderness. 
is that he was being sustained, his life was being sustained directly by God's kingdom, which, which a big part of Willard's teaching is that the kingdom of God is at hand. It's available. Um, and fasting is a discipline that puts us in touch with it. Because in our need, instead of reaching for something that normally would be fine, you know, a snack or lunch, that's fine. Uh, but uh, a specific discipline of saying, Lord, I want, to, I want to learn how to touch the kingdom of God and touch your grace in this moment of my need. Yeah. And, and discern and see how you are sustaining me right now. Yeah, so, so fasting is a benefit because it takes away the insulation that we use. Mm-hmm. That keeps yeah. us from reckoning with our neediness, yes. our desires. Yeah, that's good. Insulation is a great word. So, I think. yeah. So then, me eating food isn't wrong or bad. If you don't no. eat food, you'll die. No. But food, like anything that we would consume, mm-hmm. uh, either ingest through our mouths or consume yeah. with our eyes or ears, yes. uh, it can become for us a good thing. Can become for us a hindrance in our spiritual life. Yeah. This is. I mean, this, uh, you know, if you want to get real Bible here, yeah. trigger warning. <laughs> just trigger, just trigger warning. Like, this is, this is, we're naming uh, how good things become ultimate things, which is idolatry. Yes. So, one of the ways that fasting functions is, again, if you know you have idolatry in your life, if you're convicted of the fact that, you know, you're, you're bowing down to a graven image of Miley Cyrus every, you know, night, mm-hmm. then perhaps stop that. Don't wait till Right, late. you could, yeah. Just b- burn you don't that need to fast from that. Burn you know? that effigy. <laughs> but uh, but rather like uh, so for instance, uh, I'm going to be fasting from uh, these are these are um, traditional fasts for Lent. By the mm-hmm. way, I'm going to be fasting from desserts mm-hmm. or sweets yep. and alcohol. Yes, for Lent. Yes, and I know that like that'll be that'll be hard for me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to get through the day without my breakfast bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> no. I know, man. All yeah, joking aside, yeah, that's yeah. not funny. Yeah. Uh, although I think it's funny, but I understand it's not funny for everyone. Yeah. Um, no, I, th- I think those are two things that, uh, particularly in the evening, when I've built up a a wealth and a and a a modicum of anxiety or anger or mm-hmm. fear or tension or whatever, yeah, yeah. I reach uh, my disciplines in the morning with the Lord are a lot more. Um, a lot better <laughs> than my disciplines in the evening with the Lord. Yeah, and like I, you're more you're more consistent with those things. And yeah, yeah is that what you mean? Yeah. And all jokes aside, I don't have a breakfast bourbon, and I'm not right. I'm not just in case it wasn't I'm, clear. I'm not dishing out a bowl of ice cream after breakfast. Yeah, like those tend to be the end of the day things I reach to. Yeah, for um, to to kind of quench yes whatever need I have mm-hmm. that's unmet. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, I resonate with that as well. That for me, oftentimes alcohol and sweets, and I'm I'm going to be doing that as well. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about that, like practically, like what can you do. Um, but that is a traditional fast is alcohol and sweets, um, and I, I I plan to do the same thing because I notice the same thing. I notice that um, these two things, sweets and alcohol, are normally things that I I would that are okay for me to um, enjoy. You yep. know what I mean? In moderation, like these are fine, um, but uh, I have noticed that they have they do tend to become um, ways for me to take the edge off, or ways for me to kind of you know quench the anxiety. Unwind, unwind, right? We, we need a little treat a glass, yourself. A glass of wine in the <laughs> evening to unwind. Which again, it's not evil. It's not sin. It's not bad. But I think that our if we're gonna if we're going to practice Lent well, 
it's a great season for us to pay attention to the little things that we give to ourselves to kind of quench our anxiety that are perhaps insulating us from actually touching the kingdom of God and and reaching out for the grace of God and, yeah. and finding, a, like, how is God sustaining me right now yeah. in ways that I am not experiencing because I, you know, just ate a bowl of ice cream. Yeah, so, so. So, then, so then the fast is meant to create space yeah. for needs that you have that God wants to meet mm-hmm. that right now you're not bringing to God. Right, yeah. So they, 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 uh, the fast sort of is like this magnet. It excavates this desire, this need, mm-hmm. this want yeah. that the Lord wants to meet you in. Yes. Not just you, Ben, but me too. And not just the two of us, <laughs> oh, yeah. but all y'all. All y'all, yeah. Yeah, he wants to meet us in those. Yeah. And, and what happens with fasting is we get more in touch with these needs and wants mm-hmm. that are often placated and satiated yeah. by what are are typically innocuous, innocuous things. Right. And, and insufficiently, though. Like they're like ultimately that ultimately a glass of wine's not going to help but your anxiety. Three glasses of wine, <laughs> right? But it, all it does is it. Uh, yeah, it does I think it, it numbs yeah. your awareness. Totally, of it. totally. That's all it does. Totally. And so, um, so, I, so yeah, I like I like that way of thinking about it. That we're we're we're. This is one of our axioms: is that what discipleship, the life of faith, what mm-hmm. it's all about, mm-hmm. is divine communion. Mm-hmm. It's communion with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, those things become substitutes for actually, in the, in the midst of our deep desires, bringing them to the Lord and, he, and meeting with Him, just yeah. being with Him in, 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 his, in His presence. I'm, uh, I'm reminded of, uh, so I think I've told the story on here before that I, I taught ballroom dancing a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I also... This is weird. A little bit. I did. It was a little bit. I'm just... <laughs> You're almost apologetic I know, about it. Like, well, I'm sorry, want, but I no, just... Yeah. I mean... <laughs> It'd be just like a, just a little. It'd be like if I wrote music for a uh, you know yeah. uh, a middle school musical, yeah. and I called yeah. myself a Broadway composer or yeah, something. Yeah. I just want to I just want to be clear. You know that. what I thought of though? I thought of uh, Ellen uh, that that woman that was on that uh, show, Ellen Ellen Show or something like that, where she was she's like this old woman and she she oh yeah she, lady from Texas yeah she's like I love Jesus but I drink a little. <laughs> Think about that. You're like, hey, uh, I'm a pastor, uh, but I, I taught ba- ballroom dancing a little. Her name? Yeah, Cheryl. Yeah. Carol. I can't remember her name. Uh, anyway, I also, for one season of my life, was a personal trainer. Um, a little. Again, <laughs> a little. I want to stress. I want to stress. Okay. I wasn't so bouncing were, quarters yeah. off my abs. I was. Yeah. I was just working with people here and there who come into a gym. Great. And I had one one client. That wanted to get in shape, but didn't want to sweat. Like, she had this aversion to sweating, and every time she would sweat, she'd feel gross, mm. and she could not feel gross. Ah. And I, I kept bumping up against, like, well, un- unless, unless you become uncomfortable, unless you push, unless you go past what you're normally able to bear, yeah. you'll never grow. Right. You. You won't lose weight. She wanted mm-hmm. to lose weight, and she wanted to uh, firm up some, t- tone up some muscles. Yeah, those you're, you won't reach your goals unless you put yourself voluntarily into a controlled environment of suffering. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's my job. My job is to right. be here yeah, yeah. to to craft an environment in which you can suffer mm-hmm. unto your own health and good. Yeah, right. Um, but for her, she, she had this aversion to 
to sweating yeah. that kept her out of the suffering, but also kept her from a greater good. Right. And kept I, her out of growing. I think yeah. that's a, a metaphor that occurs to me about fasting. Fasting yeah. is voluntarily putting ourselves into a place of suffering. Yes. That's a controlled suffering. Yeah. Right? I'm not fasting for 40 days and running a marathon. Yeah. And it's you know not I mean? like you're in poverty and don't have enough to eat. Right. It's you're intentionally withholding food. Yeah. Right. To come to the end of myself. Mm-hmm. Right. To sweat a bit spiritually. Right. So that I can grow yes. and have greater health. Yes. So it's wisdom and it's also training. That's the second metaphor. It is training. It's training. It, it really is, is training. It is training. It's training in the kingdom <laughs> life uh, for us to, again, for us to learn how to commune with the Lord more consistently, how to live more of our life touching God's grace in the kingdom. This is one of the things that perturbs me. Mm. What's the difference between disturb and perturb? Well, in my, uh, in my mind, if I was just going to off the cuff, I off would say cuff, disturb it. is like, uh, it feels like a wider category. Disturb is like anything that like, is like, oh, that causes me to not have peace. And perturb is a little bit more angry. Okay. Yeah. Perhaps then I'm... Perhaps then I could just say I was turbed. <laughs> right. One of the turbs is what I was. <laughs> no, I forget actually what I was going to say. Oh, Training. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What perturbs well, you? One of the things that I inherited in when I came to faith in the broader evangelical stream of you know, America, when I came mm-hmm, to faith and mm-hmm. served in various churches, yeah. there was this hierarchy of spiritual sort of experiences. And at the top, hmm. at the top was this unspoken value that whatever feels really good and happens spontaneously is like the nearest thing to God. Yeah. And so I recognize that. And so then I was kind of chasing these um, environments Mm -hmm. where I could feel better and where things would happen to me suddenly ecstatically, spontaneously. Without expecting it. Without planning it. And if that happened, I would get caught up kind of in this uh, greater ecstasy, even, uh, feeling good. And then that was like, you know, maybe we call that the mountaintop of American evangelicalism spirituality. Um, And fasting is like the buzzkill of the year for that. (laughs) Right. You you plan it. Yep. Right? And then you execute it. By the way, that reminds me of a joke. Uh, how How does NASA throw a party? Uh, I don't know. They plan it. <laughs> hey. hey! So uh, anyway, the we'll fasting, all night. <laughs> fasting is like the buzzkill of the mountaintop spontaneous, unplanned. Yeah. I think that's why you know I mentioned earlier that it is it is underpracticed, um, and I think especially in America and like you said, the evangelical milieu, which is very informed by American values, which is like we yeah. don't want to feel bad. Yeah. You know, like it's up and to the right. It's progress. We've, you know, like this, this is what we expect. Uh, yes. If, if God is with us, then, you know, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. So it's, uh, so those, th- those three, well, that, that brings up the wisdom, final one. It's training. wisdom and it's training. You, get, you, and the f- you, you have yeah. to, you have to intend it. Mm-hmm. Then you have to fail. Then yeah. you have to start again. Yeah. So like the thing about fasting is I actually think at some point, I will either unconsciously or, God forbid, consciously break my fast. <laughs> right. I, it'll right. happen. Right, right. And at that point, uh, you don't despair. You don't, you know, you no. don't. Yeah. You don't send the TV preacher $40 for the prayer rug yeah, to yeah. get your sins cleansed. Please don't send him $40. Don't, don't yeah. do that. Yeah. If you want to spend 40 bucks, uh, join our Patreon community. There you go. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's only 30 a month. It's only 30 a month yeah, for that, yeah. the top tier. Uh, no, but like, I, you just begin again. Because training. You begin you, again. Right. You will fail. Actually, failure, this is the thing it's about really training. Important. 
Yeah. Like when I, okay, again, going back to this personal training metaphor. Yeah. It's a great metaphor. Uh, I would in, create environments, control environments of suffering where people would work to their failure threshold. Right. Um, because th- the only way you grow is to fail. Yeah. You, you have to recruit right. muscles or, or cardiovascular system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to become uh, preoprioceptively challenged enough. Ooh, there you go. Ooh. I pulled that out of my Look at there. Looky there. Look at that. And, Maybe uh, you did more and than you recruit, a little. You recruit all these systems, and you want to push them to the point where they, 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 are, they reach their capacity, yeah. where you fail. Yeah. Now, you don't like, you're not bench pressing 400 pounds and it chokes you to death. But you got like, <laughs> right. my hands are there. Yeah, yeah. And I'll catch it. Yeah. And you failed. And and that's the only way you grow. It's the same thing with spiritual disciplines, yeah. in particular fasting. Yes. Don't enter it thinking you're going to nail it. That's not the point. That's not the point. Yeah, yeah. The point is to put yourself in the way of weakness mm-hmm. and need so you can meet God. And of course you will fail. Yes. And when you return, strengthen your brothers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good uh, reference. I mean, Jesus knew Peter would fail and was confident that... That's part of it. And he didn't try to talk him out of failure or get him not to fail. He just said, you're going to fail, dude. Yeah. And it wasn't the last time he'd failed, Yeah. by the way. And and Peter was totally unaware of it, but Jesus knew he needed to encounter that failure for him to realize what was going on in his heart and his soul, right? Yes. Yeah, that's really good. And I I think that's that's just really helpful for me. I I was thinking about, um, as well, I think it's Thomas Keating when he teaches on contemplative prayer. Um. Somebody was, you know, and what he teaches people to do is basically 20 minutes a day, twice a day, you just, you contemplate, like you do nothing else except, you know, you return to this word, there's a lot more teaching to it. But you're basically for 20 minutes at a time trying to do nothing except be with God. Yeah, and, in silence. Yeah, in silence. And so people, uh, right, in silence, you're not reading scripture, nope. you're, you're just being with the Lord in silence yep. and uh, contemplation. And uh, somebody was complaining that they're like, oh, I'm so awful at this. Like, I feel like a hundred times during those 20 minutes, I found myself distracted. And uh, rather than that being a sign of like, oh, you're really bad at this practice, um, I love what Thomas Keating said. He said, that's wonderful. That's a hundred opportunities to turn back to the Lord. It's a hundred times. You practiced a hundred times in 20 minutes. It's about the practice. It's not about the achievement. And this is why, okay, can I just rant for a second? I know we're getting into this and we got to wrap it up, but you just, we've just named two reasons why fasting is so crucial for American Christians. Yeah. The first is we, we are formed and shaped. Our desires are formed and shaped every day, every second of the day by billions and billions of dollars to consume our way to happiness. Yes. Everything about our economy our Christian culture, uh, our political environment, yeah. everything everything says, if you trust your appetites, mm-hmm. you can achieve nirvana. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And and it's not just food. I mean, it's no, like... No, it's, it's everything. It's worship music. Cl- clothes. It's like it's everything new that comes out that costs money. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. So, like, our economy, our economy is actually... It would crumble yeah. if Americans got free... Of obeying their desires. Yeah. We would the we way would, it's currently set we would up. We go bankrupt. Yes. So that's the first thing. So we are actually fasting is a counter cultural revolutionary middle finger to the God of Mammon. Yeah. Preach it. It is. Now we're preaching. It, it's it's a it's a it's a spiritually revolutionary act that says, I will not give my desire 
over to a predatory economy yeah. to tell me who I am mm-hmm. and what happiness is yeah. and what I need. But I'm, I'm, going to de- I'm going to unplug from this machine in one area. One area, yeah, right? I'm plugged into this machine in a thousand, but I'm picking two things to unplug from and lay those desires before the Lord so that He can attach my desire to Him. Yes. So that's the first thing. The second thing is mm. <clears throat> we have such a achievement mentality, success yes. up and to the right, yep. that we want to do things we're good at. Yeah. And we don't want to do things we're bad at. Yeah. Even as a 43-year-old grown man, mm-hmm. I still find myself... In social settings where uh, games are being played, mm-hmm. competitive games, yeah. if I'm not good at the game, I don't want. I have a hard time doing it and having fun. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, right. Because yeah. I, I've, I have learned, I have more fun when I win, achieve, succeed. Yeah. I have less fun when I fail, lose. Yeah. And you know. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, totally. And so, and so, we have to embrace. Yeah. The inevitability mm-hmm. of failure. Yeah. Which and is so hard for us. It's so hard. And uh, and to recognize, like, when you, if you fail in your fast, you haven't sinned. It's not sin, necessarily. Because it's not righteousness here. Because it's not righteousness. You're not practicing righteousness, and now you've sinned. All you're doing is practicing, and failing is part of practicing. So don't worry about it. Yes. Set yourself a goal. And, yes. and go for it. So, and I think that brings up the final thing that, I, that we should say about Christian fasting. So it's wisdom, it's training, but it's also surrender. It's not achievement. It's not something that we're doing. I think one of the great things about fasting is that it does help us understand that we're not actually doing anything to like make progress in like of ourselves. Yeah. Our flesh isn't accomplishing anything. I'm not you know, so this is where the the metaphor changes from personal training, where it's like, oh yeah, I am building my muscles right. by, you know, doing these workouts and that kind of thing. But fasting is a is a discipline of surrender, right. where I'm not doing right. something, trusting that God is going to fill those gaps. So this is a different discipline than like um, scripture study, right? Or maybe you want to read through the Bible yeah. for a year, like yeah. like you you can you know maybe do that as a uh, offering of surrender, yeah. But sometimes you're just grabbing yourself by the scruff of the neck, and you're dragging yourself over to your John MacArthur Study Bible, and yeah. you're open, you're just going, you're doing it, yeah, right. There, and there's a sense of you've achieved something, it's right? Like, I memorized the passage, right. I read through the Bible, right? You know, and and I think which I is think fine, it's we, good, yeah, it's good, good right? You can, you know, achievement isn't wrong, no. but like things like silence mm-hmm. and fasting yeah. are hard because we can't achieve them, right? They're they're uh, apophatic. Is what they call. Yeah, we we consent to them. Right. We offer yes. ourselves to them, and we have to trust that something greater is going on here than what we can accomplish, or what's happening, or what's happening cognitively. Yeah. Right. That's mm-hmm. the problem with silence: is that we don't, we're not rationally aware of anything happening, and so because that's the whole filter we use to control and run our lives, well, then this is a waste of time. Right. I should be reading Numbers chapter five. Yeah. Or uh, thinking or planning. Like right. I, that's where my mind goes. Is like. I come up with the best ideas when I'm like trying to practice silence. You know what <laughs> I do? Silence and solitude. When I when I practice silence, I have a little notebook next to me. Yeah, that's a good practice. And I just write something down and then I let it go. Right. I have to write it down or else I'll just fixate on it and obsess about it. Yeah, because I'm afraid. Of, I do the same thing. I'm afraid I'm going to forget. It's oh, a good yeah. idea. I'm going to forget it. So yeah, you just write it down. Yeah. So it's surrender. Uh, it's making ourselves weak so that we can know the strength and power of God, which again, that's part of that insulation. We hate where, that, man. Yeah. We hate that. Yeah. I, 
I mean, I live in the suburbs, and uh, one of the one of the 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 contract of the suburbs is uh-huh. you can have a twenty five hundred square foot castle mm-hmm. and not need anyone. Yeah, your food can be delivered to your door. You don't have <laughs> especially rest, nowadays. Especially nowadays, internet, yeah. You and uh, and so like one of the hardest things for people in the suburbs to do is to ask a neighbor for help. Yeah. without reciprocity. Right. Meaning, hey, if you watch I'm my so kids sorry. this day, I'll watch your kids that day. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. I need something from you. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's really difficult. So simply put, fasting, it's just a way of placing ourselves in the way of God's grace by withdrawing our reliance on earthly things so we can feast on God's presence and power. That's another thing Dallas said about fasting. He mm-hmm. said it's feasting. It's feasting in God's presence. Yes. Um, That's what it is. Yeah. So that gets me fired up for it, even though I never like how it makes me feel in the moment. Uh, but if that vision is before me, that this isn't just like me whipping myself, you know, up a up, up an achievement hill, uh, but this is actually me placing myself in the way of God's grace, that that that'll that'll be motivation for me. I'll be like, yes, I know why I'm doing this, and it'll be difficult, but I know why I'm doing this. So, <laughs> um, so let's let's talk practically about uh, some possible ways to fast during Lent. All right. Uh, We talked a little bit about um, what you and I are doing, apparently. Yes. Sweets and alcohol. It's a traditional thing to do, and it's also what's called a partial fast, where you take something that you would normally enjoy and, you know, uh, consume. Yes. And you refrain from it. And so sometimes it can be food or drink, like alcohol and sweets. Sometimes it's uh, caffeine. Sometimes it's, uh, sometimes people will fast from meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could be food. Uh, and again, this is probably just to be discerned for you. Like, what what do you tend to rely on? You know? Like, if you're a teetotaler, and you're like, great, I'm good. Yeah. I'm a teetotaler who never has dessert. I'm good for Lent. No, there's probably, well, there's probably something well. else for you to fast, you know? Um, so, and then uh, other things that people have fasted are from, like, media or entertainment, yeah, um, so they they remove apps from their phone, or they only uh-huh. look they only look at their phone certain times of the day, right? Or maybe you pick one time to answer emails, and you don't look at mm-hmm. them the rest of the day. Like these are all these all count. Yeah, these are all saying no to something, saying right. no to behavior or habit that creates space. Yeah, and and then opens up in you something that mm-hmm. wasn't there before. Yeah, or TV. If you you know normally watch a show at night or something like that, maybe you replace it with something else, or yeah. just don't. Just don't watch it. Yep. Um, and also, uh, sometimes people have fasted from like habits or comforts, like things that they would normally do, like shopping. I've heard of people like, uh-huh. if shopping is kind of a, a way for some people, uh, instead of grabbing a candy bar, um, they're like, I'm going to go shopping. That's kind of a way for them oh. to kind of deal with their okay. anxiety. Yeah. I don't relate to that at all. No. Shopping exhausts me. <laughs> I think it's the worst thing ever. I'm one of those people that wants all the food delivered to my door. I don't yeah. want to leave my house. Yeah. So anyway, um, shopping. Uh, I've heard of people fasting from looking in the mirror because yeah. they found that was a, like a way for them to like... I have a friend that did that. Yeah. Like a way for them to like uh, just sort of feasting on their own appearance or sort of relying on that. Yeah. And the fact that they don't really know exactly what they look like it was, a, was an effective fast for them. Makeup, uh, some, sometimes for people. Uh, elevators. I've heard of people fasting from elevators. Yes. And just saying, I'm just going to take the stairs. It's going to take some extra time yes. and some extra effort, but this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Uh, one time I heard of somebody who fasted from 
uh, looking at their phone when they're in line. Yeah. So like when when I'm in line, I'm just going to stand there and look around at the people instead of looking at my phone. Yeah. So all these things are possibilities. Yes. Um, that I think are really interesting. Uh, some people like they they don't look at news sites or sports websites during Lent. How Unless, would I know what's going on in the world if I don't check Breitbart? <laughs> right. Um, and uh, you know March Madness. If you're into that, that'd be that'd be a really tough one. All right, it's time to end this podcast. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, so uh, maybe some questions that help uh, for, that would help you to discern what you might want to do for a partial fast. Um, just to think about what what cravings have a hold on you. Um, what might be truly liberating to leave behind? Yeah, what impulse do you obey almost unconsciously? Yeah. What What have I become dependent on? It's not an addiction necessarily. Like if you're an alcoholic, you, probably, you should probably stop drinking. Let me be the time to stop drinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, maybe permanently. Oh. Um, but, you know, all of us have maybe a dependence on a certain food or drink or substance or activity. Um, and think about what would be truly challenging. You know, like it, uh, that's back to your training point where it, it does need to be something that is going to be diff, you know, you it, sweat a bit. Yeah. Like for me, fasting from broccoli, broccoli, right. Wouldn't be a huge, you know, I don't, can't remember the last time I ate broccoli. So it's like, it's not a huge uh, sacrifice. So, um, and then, you know, make it a matter of prayer. See if, see if like the Lord is maybe leading you into something specific. So what, what's Jesus asking of you? Yeah. What's, what's happening there? So, um, so, and the other thing I would say, practically, uh, is that I, I have really loved the discipline of uh, Sundays don't count. So, you know, even when I'm fasting uh, alcohol and sweets this, uh, this year, mm-hmm. I, I find it uh, to be, I don't know, I find it to be a really meaningful discipline to say, today is the day that we celebrate Jesus is risen from the dead. So, yeah. I'm going to have a beer after church, you know, or, or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, I find that to be... Uh, really good. I, I think the the other thing I would encourage uh, our listeners to think about is maybe doing a whole fast uh, as well. Not f- probably not forty days you know, fully, um, but what I mean by a whole fast is taking a certain amount of time. And I would recommend you start with maybe one twenty four hour period, and you just don't eat anything. Yeah, you know, traditionally, traditionally Ash yeah. Wednesday. Has been, on Ash of, Wednesday. has yes. been a day of fasting. Yeah, so you fast on Ash Wednesday. And Good Friday. And Good Friday, yes. And also, um, the Fridays during Lent are another traditional day. So if you wanted to try a whole fast, you could maybe start with Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Um, and if you wanted to challenge yourself a little bit more, maybe try every Friday. And so the way that I have done this in the past is that um, I'll eat dinner on Thursday night, and then I don't eat anything else. Until dinner on Friday. Mm-hmm. And that's a 24-hour period. That's a whole fast. You're skipping two meals, basically. There it is, yep. Yeah. And so that... Uh, sundown uh, to sundown. Sundown to sundown. It's very Jewish. Very it? Jewish. Uh, it also makes it so I only have to skip two meals with my family. Right. Yeah. Even though I don't regularly have breakfast or lunch with them. So it's... I'm not skipping dinner with my family. Yeah. Basically. And this is the discipline, one of the disciplines of Lent that is uh, very often under appreciated, um, yeah. and also misunderstood. So we wanted to give just some focus on it today, mm-hmm. chat about it today. As uh, we enter into Lent, mm-hmm. um, you know, just an invitation to participate in a fast as we prepare for Easter. I mean, this is the highlight yes. of the Christian year. Yes, this the is, resurrection. This Jesus. is it. This is the yeah. resurrection, right? And so, um, yeah, 
Yeah. A couple of resources. We'll put these in the oh, show yeah. notes yeah, as well. But if you want to learn more about fasting, Scott McKnight wrote a great book about fasting called Fasting. Oh. <laughs> uh, very, very direct and straightforward. Uh, it's a very good book um, uh, about fasting. Uh, also, uh, Aaron Damiani has written a book called The Good of Giving Up, yeah. Discovering the Freedom of Lent. We and talked to him about that last year. We did. Yeah. You can look back through the archives. If you search for Lent on our website, uh, you can probably find um, how we talked to him last year. And then uh, there's a new introduction to Lent uh, that just came out called Lent, the Journey from Ash Wednesday through Holy Week. Um, it's a series of articles that were edited by Greg Goble. Did I hear you pronounce his yeah, name? Greg yeah, Gobel. Greg Goble and Joshua Steele. Yeah. So we'll put links to those in the show notes if you want to explore Lent or fasting uh, a little bit further. And if you have questions, uh, feel free to reach out. Hit Podcast at gravityleadership.com. Have a, what, what do you say about, you don't say a happy Lent. You don't no. say like merry Lent. You say blessed Lent. Uh, what do you say? Good Lent? Mm, I think you say good Lent. Do Lent good. Do Lent good this year, guys. <laughs> I don't know what you I don't say. Know, I don't know. Well, uh, I'm going to invent something right now and just say, friends, I do pray that you would have a good Lent, hmm. that it would connect you more deeply to um, the presence of Jesus in your life and that uh, he would sustain you. Yes. In your disciplines of fasting. Amen. Lent well. Lent well. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke, Matt Tebby, and Ben Hardman. Aaron Sternke does our mixing and mastering. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. If you find our podcast helpful, share it with your friends in person and on social media. And don't forget to rate and review us online as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free at gravityleadership.com join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com join. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, make a comment, send us an idea, a recommendation, recipe, whatever. You can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.